Amen. Thank you, God. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. Even when we don't realize it. Oh, oh, better shut this off. He's always working for us. Always. For those that believe. Amen. Amen. So, Father, we're going to take up an offering. Grace, you want to come down? Father, we thank you and we praise you, Lord God, for this offering that you've brought into this house and what you're doing. Lord, I pray that you would multiply and increase this place. I pray for your light to shine here on this hill, to be a beacon of hope, of faith, and of love, of your presence, Lord Jesus, of your Holy Spirit. I pray that you would work mightily in our finances, that, Lord God, even though it seems like the world is going crazy, that, Lord, you're still blessing your people, and you're going to watch over them and protect them. And you're going to provide for them. You're our Jehovah Jireh, Lord God. Jehovah Jireh, Lord God. I pray this and I believe this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jehovah Jireh. There's no Jehovah Chris in there. (laughs) For provider, Jehovah Jireh is our provider. Well, I got a new sword this week. It's beautiful. My new sword, new weapon, sharper than a two-edged sword. It's big and you can read it, probably from there. Almost. Almost. I got it with big letters. And it was funny, when I bought it, I didn't realize it, but it said it was for the vision, the impaired vision. (laughs) So I was like, well, Lord, forget Forgive me for that, but I'm not going to confess that in Jesus' name. Amen. It just makes it easier to read. I need some more space. So the title of my sermon today is called The Harvest. The Harvest. And we're entering, and this is what made me think of the harvest, because we're entering into a time of harvest. Where we harvest our gardens, our crops, all the hard work and labors that we've done throughout the summer, which some of us didn't do much, but some did more than others. And I, every time I go and I pull into the driveway, I see my son-in-law's garden out there that he has. And I get envious, but he really works at it. And and it shows, and he reaps a good harvest almost every year because of the time that he puts into it. And also because of the time that I spent yesterday morning going up there and working in our garden and weed whacking the three foot high weeds down and weed whacking around our blueberry bushes and our raspberry bushes that you couldn't even tell were in the garden anymore. Um, but now they're 
opened in some daylight. We didn't reach much. We didn't reap much of a harvest from those crops <laughs> this year. But hopefully next year we'll start out a new and a fresh and put the time and effort in to keep them clean, so that way we can have some blueberries and raspberries. But my son-in-law Jason is a great gardener. I must give him that. He is up early in the morning pulling weeds, pollinating his corn, you know, maintaining his garden and taking good care of it. And but it made me think of the harvest that's coming. God's harvest. Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew chapter 9, verses 37 through 38. He was telling them, he says, the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. He told them the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. We are God's harvesters. If we don't go out and harvest the crops... What happens to the crops that are on the vine? What happens to the fruits and the vegetables that are left? They rot, don't they? They fall off. They rot. If there's nobody there to harvest. So you can plant a great garden. You can seed it. You can water it. You can tend it. You can care for it. But if you don't go out and harvest that garden, all your work was done is in vain. It gets ruined. God has called us to be harvesters. Each one of us to share the gospel of Christ. There are times when, yes, we have to sow, we have to reap, or we have to weed, we have to water, you know. But we're coming to a time of a harvest. Not just physically, but spiritually. There is a harvest out there that is ripe. People are hungry for the word of God. And if we don't bring them the gospel, the word of God, then who will? If we're not the light, then who is the light? Amen? The harvest is something that God gives to us to meet our needs. It's also something he wants us to bless others with. And God doesn't just send us out alone to share his gospel. There is something that supernaturally happens when you go out to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is a supernatural thing that takes place. 
And it's the Holy Spirit that does it. Because the Holy Spirit goes with you and is with you and knows there is, I know the angels in heaven just praise God and are encouraging you to share the gospel of Christ. They're up there cheering you on. They want you to share the gospel. They can't wait for you to open your mouth and tell somebody about Jesus. And there's nothing greater than that, than telling something about Jesus. There is nothing greater that I can give my family than the gift of Jesus Christ. The greatest gift of all. No other gift can compare to the gift of Jesus. Because when it comes down to it, that is all that matters. All that matters, that you know Jesus. Amen? Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. I want to read it out of my new Bible. There's something good about getting a new Bible that encourages you to read it. (laughs) Right? It's exciting. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. It says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. It's the fivefold ministry, right? To equip the saints for the work of ministry. To build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son. Growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. He gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. My question to you is, which one of those do you believe is your gift? One thing that we're all gifted with is evangelism. We're all accountable to share the gospel of Christ to others, to our families, to our loved ones. Verse 14, it says, Then we will no longer be children tossed to and fro by the wave and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning with cleverness and the techniques of deceit, but speaking the truth in love, let us grow every way into him who is the head Christ, from him the whole body fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for building itself up in love 
by the proper working of each individual part. We all have an individual part in the body of Christ. If we're a Christian, we confess and believe that Jesus Christ is our Lord, then we all have a part in his body. Amen? And God has called us in these days to be harvesters. To harvest the fields that are ripe for picking. The message is simple. The message is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a simple message. You know, Jesus was telling Nicodemus in John chapter 3, who was a Pharisee, a ruler of the Jews. And I know Jesus loved Nicodemus because Jesus loves all of God's creation. But I know, too, that in the end, it was also Nicodemus who helped plead for the body of Jesus to be buried. Jesus had an impact on Nicodemus that we won't understand until we go to heaven. If you've ever seen the chosen, there is a scene there where Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. And then Nicodemus goes on and on. He's talking back and forth with his wife. You know, he's, he is just amazed at Jesus for one. But he's also, he's thinking of all the things that Jesus is saying. And in his mind, putting all these things together. And he's wondering if what he's doing is wrong in the way is the way of Jesus. Let me read to you John chapter 3. I'm going to read from chapter 3 until... Oh, let's see here. Verses 1 through 21. The gospel... Is simple. And Jesus is explaining this to Nicodemus. He's actually quoting him from prophecy. And he's also prophesying to Nicodemus about what is to happen and what is to come. He says, There was a man from the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to him at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher. Who has come from God. For no one could perform these signs you do unless God were with you. Jesus replied, I tell you, truly I tell you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. How can anyone be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked him. Can he enter his mother's womb a second time and be born? Jesus answered, truly, I tell you, unless someone is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. 
Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh, and whatever is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I told you that you must be born again. The wind blows where it pleases, and you hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can these things be, asked Nicodemus. And then Jesus said, are you, are you a teacher of Israel, of Israel and don't know these things? Jesus replied, truly I tell you, we speak what we know and we testify of what we have seen. But you do not accept our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you don't believe, how will you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into the heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. So that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God loved the world in this way, that he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Anyone who believes in him is not condemned, but anyone who does not believe is already condemned because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. This is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and avoids it so that his deeds may not be exposed. But anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light, so that his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. That is the gospel. That is the gospel of Jesus. That no man should perish, but have everlasting life. For God loved the world in this way that he gave his one and only Son, that everyone who believes on him should not perish, but have eternal life. God didn't send his Son into the world to condemn the world. He sent his Son into this world to save the world through him. And just like they said in Moses' days, when Moses lifted up the snake... So that way, all of Israelites who was being plagued by snakes because of their sin and disobedience to God, they were being tortured and tormented by snakes, being bit by vipers. And God told Moses, when somebody gets bit by a viper, have them lift up this snake, set this snake up in the camp, and if they looked at this snake, they would not die, but they would live. 
The same thing with Jesus. When Jesus was lifted up on a cross, the whole world knows the cross. The whole world knows what the cross means. The whole world knows that Jesus, the Son of God, hung from that cross, that God didn't spare his own son, but gave his son for the ransom of the whole world. The cross is what Charles Spurgeon said when he does his sermon, he always makes a beeline to the cross when he writes his sermon, pointing everything to the cross, the works of what Jesus has done. That is who we are to be to the world. We are to be a beeline for them to the cross. A beeline to the cross. Everything has to go to the cross. We have to go to the cross. Amen? We have to believe in Jesus that he died on the cross, that he descended into hell, took the keys of the grave from hell, from Satan, and that he rose again victoriously on the third day, and that he sits at the right hand of the Father. We have to believe that. We have to know that so deeply in our hearts and passionately and know that there's no other way a man can be saved except through Jesus and the cross, that it should burn so brightly in our hearts and so fiercely that we cannot stop to tell. We have to tell somebody about it. Stop what we're doing and tell somebody about Jesus. That message of the cross burned so deeply in my heart when I first got saved that I had to tell all my brothers and friends and family. Some rejected me, didn't reject me, but rejected Jesus, and some received Jesus. Thankfully, I can say all my family, all my brothers and sisters have received Jesus. And I give all the glory to God for that. But the message of the cross and of Jesus should always be burning in our hearts. My prayer is that, Lord, ignite my heart for those that I do not know. For the lost that are out there still today that I do not know. Our prayer should be, Lord, I pray that you would open doors, open the doors so that I can share Christ to those that are out there because the harvest is ripe. The times are short. The days are closing down. Even now, the days are getting shorter. Each day we get closer and closer to fall. Every day gets shorter. The day will come when the clouds will roll back like a scroll and we'll see Jesus, like Julie was saying, coming on the clouds. 
And it's getting closer and closer. Give us the strength, Lord, we need. Give us the faith and the boldness to share the gospel to others. Open the doors and make ways, make straight ways for us to get people saved and get a beeline to the cross. Amen? It's time. That is the gospel. That is the gospel. My prayer, and I pray that you would be encouraged to share that faith with your family and friends. God will equip you. Just like he said in Ephesians 4, he equips us to be pastors, preachers, evangelists, prophets, the fivefold ministry, teachers. God will equip you. God will be with you. His Holy Spirit will go with you. The angels will cheer you on just like I was cheering Jesus. They're up there cheering you on in heaven saying, go, 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 go. Share the gospel. That's the only thing that matters. This world and everything in it will pass away. Do not be afraid. Do not be embarrassed. It is a great honor to be able to share the gospel. It is a great feeling to know that you led somebody to Christ. There is no greater thing to do than to lead somebody to Christ. Pray for those opportunities. Pray for those open doors. Invite your family and friends to church. Let's be a light on a hill. And I pray that that light would start in each one of us. Amen? We need to fan the flames of that ember that's smoldering away inside of us. We need to fan that flame with the breath of the Holy Spirit. With the Word of God. With praise and worship. Amen? Amen. Amen. So Lord, I pray that Lord you would encourage people today. Lord God, to share the gospel of Christ. I pray also, Lord God, that you would comfort those that are mourning today and be with them. I pray, Lord God, that, Lord, that Tony is with you in heaven right now. Lord Jesus, just in your presence, Lord, we pray for him. We pray for the family, Lord God, of Brenda and Lord, all the kids. Lord God, I just pray for them that, Lord, you would be with them today. Help them, Lord Jesus. Help them. Reassure them, Lord Jesus, I pray. And I, 
I pray, Father God, for this service. I pray that anything I said that's not of you, Lord God, would you would just let it drop, and anything that is of you, Lord God, that, Lord, that you would just let it grow. And I do pray for open doors, that we would be able to share the gospel of Christ. In Jesus' name I pray this. Amen. Amen.